0: Hello again and welcome to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where longtime fans and newbies alike travel into the far reaches of space on the mining ship Red Dwarf. My name is Heath.
1: I'm Angela. I'm Shane.
0: And this episode, we are talking about Season 2, or Series 2, uh, Episode 4, uh, Stasis Leak. Uh, Shane, do you have the synopsis? I
1: certainly do, Heath. Rimmer and Lister and Cat... Find a time-bearer called Status Leak on the floor 16, and it takes them back in time on Red Wolf three million years earlier. Rimmer and Lister tried to change the past, which puts either Rimmer or Gachansky into depending animation so one of them doesn't die in a radioactive disaster. Right. Right.
0: So, again an awesome sci-fi theme here oh a uh, little bit of uh, show business before show business <laughs> uh business before we we really delve into the episode no, this, uh, sadly paul uh business? was <laughs> uh paul was unable to join us this episode um as well as our scheduled guest uh had technical times um uh, i i think maybe an uh, emf bomb went off or something like that i'm not sure but anyway <laughs> um so it is just uh, just us Mary three uh, this episode, but hopefully we ought to be able to tackle the relevant points uh, before we're joined by more folks next week.
2: We few, we happy few.
1: Yes. Indeed.
0: Uh, once more unto the breach, dear friends. The breach that so.
2: happens to lead us to back in time. This is a dangerous ship. <laughs> this is a very it dangerous really ship. Radiation really
0: aside. One, yeah, well, like one loose grate causes, you know, a three million year radioactive disaster. It just randomly opens up portals to three million years in the past that you can wander into. Um, it, it's it's very clumsily designed.
2: And it's a mining ship. A mining ship should not be able to rip open holes in space-time. Right. That's for the TARDIS to do. Yeah.
1: I have, yeah. I have a theory. You've. But it's, it's a demon. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Shane. <laughs> um, you you both for the past two months, ever since we started doing the show, I've been wondering why didn't Holly turn the ship around? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And why wasn't the ship rescued?
2: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Um. We don't know how big the radiation disaster was, but for, mm. to be, um, for this to only to be a, come out of stasis three million years later, there must have been some sort of massive, massive explosion. Mm. So, therefore, I don't think the JMC, the company behind Red Dwarf, would want to send anybody to the ship, just in case another accident could ha- would happen.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, I can see that, but um, I still don't get why they have to be three million uh, years, was it light years or years, I guess, depending on whether or not they were traveling at the speed of light. But, yeah, three million years distance away from Earth. Why couldn't Holly just, you know, hover, um, you know, a hundred years travel or ten years travel away? Mm. You know, surely, I I think for if the ship were radioactive enough that being within five years travel of Earth would, Destroy Earth, then the ship would have been destroyed. Um, I have to think that he could have just kept a little bit closer, so they wouldn't have to turn all the way around and practically never get home. I don't
1: but know. But potentially, um, perhaps the solar system or some has been fully colonized by this point.
0: Well, yeah, I, guess I suppose. So that's therefore, true. He, to
1: therefore, you got predetermined orders to get the ship as far away from any um, humanoid life as possible.
0: That may be true. I can buy that. I can buy that, I suppose. So, time portals. This episode was very uh, timey-wimey-wibbly-wobbly. Yes. Um. Uh, again, shades of future echoes here. Oh, and I have some very future echo specific feedback to give on that, too, but... Uh, First thing I noticed is that apparently flashbacks are now in black and white. Yep. That was not the case in the first season, so we're we're getting some nice visual cues there.
2: Do you you get sort of the impression that um, even, like, a still-alive Rimmer and Lister, like, their relationship before the crash has even changed in portrayal now? Or is it just that we look at them different. I don't, I don't know. Lister seemed a lot nicer to Rimmer if Rimmer was not nicer to Lister this time around.
0: Hmm. I don't know. We we saw only really a limited interaction between the two in, in the first series mm-hmm. um, as far as the three million years ago re- uh, interaction. Um in this case, I mean, yeah, Lister has just pulled a horrible, horrible prank, but I don't know. Maybe he's just being extra nice because he does feel slightly bad about it.
2: It wasn't even his fault. He just stole some illicit mushrooms.
0: <laughs> he nicked them. <laughs> oh, and so uh, we we get the mushroom incident, which is just hilarious. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. and and, okay Rimmer blames gazpacho soup for not getting (laughs) promotions gazpacho soup when you know he physically attacked the captain yes and called him various things Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) sure it was the
0: soup will always blame the soup yep And while you know, granted, uh, R- Rimmer is a bit, big, a bit of a smeghead. I'm, I'm sort of more in line with him on the situation than I am with Lister. I mean, poisoning somebody with a psychedelic substance—he
2: didn't mean is a criminal to. offense. He didn't mean to. It, it's,
0: yeah, but he didn't know that, and it, he told the captain he did it because he thought it would be a bit of a laugh. So. And the captain's response is, I'm going to dock you two weeks pay, or, or two, weeks, uh, two weeks painting duty. I mean, that yep. is sort of a go directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect 200 sort of situation to me. Well, we don't know what the um, laws are like in the future. Well, apparently having a kitty cat gets you put into uh, cryostasis, but poisoning people with psychedelic mushrooms gets you uh, painting duty, so... I don't know.
2: I don't know. Maybe it was the captain's stash. Captain stash.
0: Huh? Who's uh-huh. hiding it with the cook? Well, no, wait. Didn't he say who uh, whose stash it was? Yeah, the cook. Do you recall there, uh, Shane?
1: Oh, I don't. Oh, okay.
0: Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He stole it from the cook. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if he legitimately did not know, he cooked a really, really nice breakfast for for Rimmer.
2: Yeah, so, so that's what I was saying, like, he didn't know, and that was really nice, and it wasn't a nasty fried egg sandwich, either.
1: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if he knew or not. I, I sort of have my doubts about that situation, but anyway... So yeah, uh, past living Rimmer gets a visit from future holographic Rimmer, uh, in trying to save his own life, which wouldn't that create a time paradox anyway? It, it if, would if, li- if living if uh, living Rimmer had listened to future dead Rimmer and not died, then he would not have ever been future dead Rimmer. So he couldn't have gone back to tell him to tell past living Rimmer uh, not to die. So the entire universe would implode.
2: Yeah, but I think it's saying that it all <clears throat> it always happened. It was just uh, circumstances prevented there being time paradoxes.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Rimmer's Rimmer's motivation in doing so.
1: Well, yeah, like if, but... I don't know. I think what we're de- dealing with here is, is what they commonly refer to in the trade as the, the grandfather paradox.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, or, let's see, what what do I know it best from? Oh, uh, The Watch, uh, Somewhere in Time. Where did The Watch come from? Um, Which is a sad, yeah, sad movie, talking... everyone. So the grandfather paradox—you mean like in Futurama?
1: No, it's a, it's a proper scientific theory actually.
0: Oh. Oh, I mean, I think it was actually referenced in Futurama, though, in that uh, Fry became his own grandfather. But yeah.
2: But explain to us the grandfather father theory, because yes, I'm talk about the grandfather way paradox. behind.
1: <laughs> the grandfather paradox grandfather. is the p- mm-hmm. proposed paradox. Of time travel, first described in this exact form, by the science fiction writer Rene Bavalov, in his 1943 book *The Voyager Imprudent*, future times three. The paradox is described as following: the time travel time traveler went back in time to the time when his/slash her grandfather had not married yet. At mm. that time, the time traveler kills. His, her, her grandfather, and therefore the time traveller is never born when he's meant to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and that's what they were referencing in Futurama. And you know, the grandfather paradox has
1: been used to argue that backwards time travel must be impossible. However, a number of hypotheses have postulated to avoid the paradox, such as the idea that the past is unchangeable. So the grandfather so the grandfather must have already survived the attempted killing, as stated earlier, or the uh. time traveler c- creates or joins an alternate timeline.
0: Right. So we get into string theory. Mm. Yep.
1: Or even. And
2: also, if you want to avoid that, don't kill your own grandfather when you go back in time.
1: Or even Back to the Future Part Two.
2: Yes. Try to avoid that at all costs.
0: But, I mean, if you mix that theory with chaos theory, then, you know, you go back in past in the past and step on a butterfly. And, you know, you you end up inspiring a, a chain of events that will lead to just a terrible, terrible movie by Ashton Kutcher. Well, don't step on any butterflies. What have butterflies done to you? <laughs> um, so, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, time paradoxes aside, though. But... Um, Okay,
2: so they walk into the stasis leak. They have no idea. That could be radiation. That could have been, like, anything. They just find a big glowy thing and say, I know. I have an idea. Let's send the only living person in there first. And just walk in there. (laughs) Sure, it turns out fine, but they couldn't have known that.
0: I begin to see why future uh, Echo's Lister is missing an arm, because he just shoves his arm straight into whatever strange energy field that he sees. (laughs) Which it's, yeah, it's worth noting that when we see five years in the future Lister, he still has both arms. Yeah. So. Well,
2: we know that he also has both arms when he has kids.
0: True. True. So we're going to have to watch that for the, the timeline. I yeah,
1: we're not going to talk about the scene in the lift.
2: Oh, uh, the scene in the lift—that
0: was cuteness. Oh yes,
2: but again, yeah.
0: treating the lift like a bad uh, in-flight situation.
2: Yeah,
1: and the um, lift attendant, for lack of a better term, killing herself with the syriny capsules. Yeah.
2: i like to think that she was just a robot or something maybe
0: it's funny either way though
2: maybe it's just a fake cyanide capsule i don't know that that gag was just i felt like it didn't fit in with the rest of the episode Maybe I was just like, oh, it's airplane humor.
0: Oh, before that, though, yeah, um, finally, I might have picked up where I am in my notes here. So, yeah, uh, I have Time Warp um, that Lister was reading, The Diary, The Mushrooms. Okay. Then I saw an apparent contradiction in Cat Mythology. Okay. Because the cats have an ancient wise cat saying that he felt applied, which is, what you talking about, dog breath. Uh, One, I think that must be a different Strokes reference. Two, uh, cats were not supposed to know what dogs were. When he saw the picture of uh, Lister's dad, the dog, um, he, he, you know, says, "Ah, I just feel, you know, uh, rage toward this thing, and I don't know why. You know, he had this instinctual uh, antipathy toward dogs, but he had no name for the dogs, didn't know what they were, and in fact, Lister told him that the average size of a dog was 18 feet. And he believed him. And yet, we have ancient cat knowledge and phrases dealing with dog breath. Well,
2: maybe, like, it's one of those words that's uh, lost meaning. It's just a derogatory term now. Mm. Like, the word dog is, they don't think of the animal because they don't have a concept. They just know that dog equals bad.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Shane, any theories there?
1: Um, I'm going to put it down to S.O.D. <laughs> I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. Sod. Oh, well. There we so go. So,
2: we find out that just like um, Lister tea? is so great at writing songs, then Rimmer is really good at writing poetry. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, the poetry in Rimmer's diary.
2: And they read each other's diaries.
0: But you know, Rimmers at least has the decency to uh Yeah. Yeah, to, to do it secretly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, another possible contradiction here. Uh I read well I wrote down in my notes here, hey, uh they have posters of Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Um So but here's the thing. Uh the three million years ago uh Rimmer had posters of Marilyn Monroe in his locker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yet he apparently did not know her name well
2: again, it could be an image that has just lost meaning
0: potentially yeah. oh so, so your your answer for everything is is lost iconography yes yeah. okay,
2: but I just had an idea, okay, was that the same locker that um Lister kept Uh, Frankenstein
1: in. No, it
0: wasn't No no, Frankenstein was like in a it was like a a lower shelf. Yeah, it was on the other side of the cupboard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well I just had this brilliant theory
2: that Frankenstein like saw Marilyn Monroe and then that ended up being leading to cats. Uh, infatuation with Marilyn Monroe in the virtual reality video game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Neat theory, but
1: yeah, I don't believe the phrase or the name Marilyn Monroe was actually written on the poster.
0: No, no, just her yeah. image. But it seems I'm just arguing that it seems strange that he would he would have that poster and call her Mary Magdalene. Okay. Um. So yeah, maybe it is just a case of of yeah. Of, uh, uh, Mis- uh, misappropriated iconography, perhaps. I don't know what, what you would call that. But,
2: uh. Well, you see so many of these college students walking around with Che Guevara t-shirts. They have no idea who Che Guevara is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably not. No.
1: I, have, I have the same problem around here with so many uh, youngsters as in 12, 13 year olds walking around. Youngsters. The, yeah. Old man shame. <laughs> Thank you. You
2: have to yell to get them off your lawn.
1: <laughs> um where <laughs> are Nirvana T shirts? Uh the the t shirts? Nirvana, what t-shirts?
2: Nirvana uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, like all of these T shirts that you see in at, like here, Walmart, then it's like uh Beatles and Aerosmith and Nirvana and all of these bands that they've never heard of. They just
0: well, like the Aerosmith is oh, because true. yeah that 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 host from the voice was was in Aerosmith, right, <laughs> I guess it was The no it was American Idol
1: no I, remember American Idol I'm, here in England all that what say.
0: yes,
2: so we need to ask the British person what was on American
1: Idol,
0: <laughs> all right, so they uh go through the quantum leap door mm-hmm. there and uh show up in the the men's room. Um, you know there was a there was a really really tender moment there because, uh, when Lister saw Peterson. Oh,
1: I know. That's the second time they've got, they went through the door. We got to talk about the first time they went through the door. Oh, true. Yeah, and but we, they didn't
2: do anything.
1: I know, but there was one major bit of um, um, plot, uh, one major plot point which you might have missed. Oh, okay. We've actually finally got a year of well, when the show was set.
2: Oh, oh,
0: well. Oh yeah, there see. there
2: was a clock on the wall. Which why is there a clock on the wall above the sinks in the men's room?
0: Well, it's it's a, uh, a, a well not a military ship, but you know, um, time is money. You got to know how long you're spending on your personal hygiene. And make sure you get to your shift on time.
2: I guess. Did
1: anybody record the and Did anybody record the date and time? Did not. I didn't. But. Wednesday, the second of March, twenty seventy-seven, eight thirty-three a.m. Oh, it was March
0: second. Yep. That's my birthday. That's Angela's birthday. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice. Now the
1: now the next question is: How old will you be in twenty
0: seventy-seven? Oh. Mm. Wow! You ask the English major. Dun, dun, dun. I barely even know how well, old see. I am
2: now. I'm 29 now. You
0: you were born in '83, so it would be 77 plus uh, 17, which would be 94.
2: So it'll be 94 when mining ships are going out and blowing up and blowing up
0: or becoming irradiated.
2: And. Cool. A radio haggis takes over the world.
0: Yes. Seven-eighths seven, of it anyway. Something to look forward to. The scene with uh, Captain Chicken and uh, Rimmer there, uh, mm-hmm. first off, was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And second off, the green stuff that he throws at him. What was that? It looked. Was it supposed to be green paint?
2: And if so, why have green paint around?
0: When everything is either the red outside of the mm. ship or um, military grey or ocean, yeah, it's, uh, gray.
1: it's meant to be green paint. Okay. Uh, in in uh, in reality, according to an interview with um, Matt Macdonald, who plays Captain Hollister, yes, it was quote, it was plaster and water. Or flour and water with green food colouring in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Well, I was going to say it actually looked a lot like the slime on the Nickelodeon shows that I watched yeah. when I was at my wee lad. Uh, you can't do that on television. If somebody ever said, I don't know, then they would get uh, green slime poured on their head. I don't suppose any of that ever made it over there, did it, Shane?
1: Um, quite a few programs. Uh Double Dare?
0: Yeah, Double Dare. They did the same thing. Yeah, too. that was yes. the
1: major um, problem. Problem, uh, major uh, yeah. program in the mid eighties. It was a Saturday morning uh, pro major program, uh, kids mm-hmm. program, um, part of a bigger show called Going Live. Uh, I just want to quote. I finish up quoting the interview. Yeah. Um. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's I'm fine. Sorry. And it's not. Particularly pleasant getting hit in the face. Also, if any time you get hit in the face with anything, you run the risk of getting in your eyes or up your nose. In fact, I you get it out of my nose that green stuff it goes up your nose down the back of your throat. Particularly horrible.
2: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Elfie is enjoying this. I, uh, I'm episode.
2: sorry, the the cat has not been happy lately, so I was letting her snuggle.
1: Oh, it's okay. Her purring
0: is rather pleasant.
1: Um, is there a <laughs> um, picture on, on, uh, of her on Facebook? You yes, know, uh,
0: we've got several. I'm, I'm sure we can post, post one to our Facebook think, page. Yes, she looks a lot like Frankenstein, but she is much, much fatter. She is. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've got some older pictures of her on Facebook. Oh, she's yeah. She's a 25 pounder. She's. She is not a small kitty. So, uh, they go to the past. Uh, Rimmer attempts to save himself, as we know. Lister, meanwhile, is trying to... uh... Oh, wait, Angela, you you had a scene you wanted to mention.
2: Yeah, yeah, the scene where they were making their plans. And Rimmer gets all put out because he thinks that Lister is just going to leave him.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm so, yeah, I'm so glad you pointed that out.
2: Yeah, because, because he does say that he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like Lister, but we can tell he's lying. Like, straight out lying and, there. Yeah,
0: And again, we get to those abandonment issues that he has. Yeah. yeah. And we're not going to say too much about that because I have a quote. Okay, okay. Uh, cool. But yeah, he uh, that's his fear, is, is being left alone.
2: Which is why, instead of helping uh, Lister out with Kachansky, he just tries to save himself. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't need anyone else.
0: Yeah. And then... And then, okay, going back yeah. to the, the future hotel uh, where he's trying to track down Kachansky just, so he can get married just to
1: her. Uh, before I do I just want to talk about this that second shower scene.
0: Ooh, okay. Um, uh, it was...
1: Yeah? You... It was a naked guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was originally filmed with a man sent from the extras ag- extras agency who were too shy to be naked in front of what? the film crew. Oh. Ah. The surviving footage from this first attempt shows him wearing a modesty stocking, a pair of flesh-colored tights. Uh, the scene had to be re-shot, and this time included the man who was quite happy for his buttocks to be appear on television. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, it's it's really interesting the the differences in what. Um, and what can be on on British television and, and American television? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now of course, wouldn't be so much of a deal. But I would say even going back to the eighties, you were much less likely to see uh, that much buttock. On. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, There's actually something about American television, actually, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I'm I'm pretty sure you're aware of the American the rules in American television. Oh
0: yeah. yeah.
1: But you can only you can either show the bullet hitting someone or the, or the gun shooting. You can't show both.
0: Hmm. <laughs> That's... Okay, that particular one I've never actually noticed.
2: That reminds me of that um, in old movies you have to keep one foot on the floor in the haze Code.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
2: Like if you're yeah. kissing and especially if you're near or slightly on a bed there has to be one of the four feet on the floor just to show that there's no shenanigans going on yet.
0: Amazing. Another fun one to watch for is in uh, television commercials. Uh, You can't show anyone actually drinking beer. Mm -hmm. So they will be partying and lots of toasting, more toasting than I I would assume ever really happens uh, in real life. Uh, but yeah, toasting and and, and lots of uh, holding the bottles and you know random attractive women throwing themselves at men because women really really love drunk guys. Oh, uh, and apparently. And, uh, and
2: rubbing the bottle on the side of your face.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, there's there's a whole new uh, subset of uh, of imagery there that we could go into. But yeah, no drinking the beer. No. Nope. And it's so, and it's handled so well, and and so subtly that you really don't realize what you haven't seen mm-hmm. uh, until somebody points it out.
1: Oh, I just the mm-hmm. missing Ameri- missing out on American adverts when I watch American football.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, can y'all watch like the the Super Bowl ads? Uh, I'm, I suppose you can see them online. Yeah. N- yeah. Uh, no,
1: um, two stations that show sure American football over here. That's the BBC and Channel Four. Mm-hmm. When the America cut to a break, e- either Channel 4 cuts to their own ad break, or the BBC not being able to show ads, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they cut to the pundits, pundits in the studio.
0: Wow. So it s- Well, no, what about the halftime show? Did, did they show then the complete yeah. halftime show? Okay, yeah. good. Good. Yeah, I mean they'll show part of the halftime show, and then they will no. Let's go to the locker room where a bunch of sweaty, naked people are grumbling a lot and screaming.
1: No, we we watch the entire halftime show. We can watch the entire mm-hmm. halftime show Good. over here.
0: See, we
2: were both in band, so it always.
0: Yeah, so the halftime show and the ads are are rather more important to me than the football. <laughs> just me. Um, and it's not that I'm just not into sports. I love that people are. I love that people have their passions. We were. We were out to eat the other, like, a, several, I guess, a couple of months back now. And uh, our our server was like, uh, we said, how are y'all doing? It was like, oh, good. How are you today? He was like, 36 days until kickoff, man. I'm doing great. <clears throat> I'm like, you know, I couldn't care less, but good for you, man. You you found what makes you happy. That's cool. Um, of course, we <laughs> would have funny. said 36 days to Dragon Con. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
2: Dragon Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. God, people are so weird with their fandom. I'm going to dress up as a Jedi and wander around the street.
2: Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, Peterson. Yeah. Peterson. Peterson,
0: yes. So happy to see Peterson, who was pulling the old Olaf routine to pick up some ladies.
2: Yeah. And that actor was on a recent episode of Doctor Who. He was. He was very good in it.
1: Mark Williams is his name.
2: Yep. Yes. yes. Yep. Although I always just call him Arthur Weasley. Can't we really help shouldn't, it. but because <laughs>
0: yeah, he's obviously done a lot. He seems like uh, from just glancing at his IMDb, it's like he's not really known for a lot of big starring roles, but he has small roles in everything,
2: including a couple of times where he's put on. Monster outfits in Power Rangers episodes.
0: Yeah. yeah, let that sink in. Arthur Weasley was a monster fighting the Megazord or the Samurai Zord or whatever Zord <laughs> was in a Power Rangers episode. Why? But yeah, that bit between him and
2: Lister was hilarious.
0: Right. So then, in the scene uh, where they go to the hotel. <laughs> Uh, Kat and Lister looking for, uh, uh, oh my goodness, I almost said Yvonne Magruder, looking for uh, Kachansky.
1: Um, yep, that hotel I, I, yeah. was okay. called the Midland Hotel um, in Manchester. It's the hmm. same place where the crew stayed during the filming. Oh,
2: oh neat. Cool. So they just walked downstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: One thing I noticed was the, uh, the robotic uh, bellhops or robotic butlers, mm-hmm. they really reminded me of uh, a Woody Allen movie called Sleeper, mm. uh, in which he, he was a tuxedoed robot, and uh, also it became Woody Allenish. But uh...
2: <laughs> I noticed that the uh, suitcase was Tony Hawk's again.
1: Yeah. Making his third or fourth appearance in the show?
2: Yep, I've just been glancing at the ending credits because I don't always recognize the voices.
0: But mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and again, n- not the skateboarder. So
0: it's 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 fitting that the the suitcase was moving around like it was on a skateboard. Because...
1: <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> and in that, in oh, that very same scene, um, some of the act the extras mm. were not actually extras. Oh, they were just...
0: They were actual
1: guests?
0: Yeah. Awesome. Great.
1: Uh, the hotel receptionists were the proper hotel receptionist. And when um, the cat is spraying that woman, thinking it's a... Yes. Y-
2: yes. No, really? The, the woman... No, not. They had no. No, not the woman.
1: Not the woman. The two, the okay. Two, the two people sat behind.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> the two
1: old ge- The the two old gentlemen. I, okay. I thought
2: that they just randomly attacked this poor woman.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that would have been awesome, but I don't think they would have gotten away no, with no, that.
1: no, no, no. It was uh, a. <laughs> it's
0: like some, some Borat stuff going on there. Um, oh, my. No, um. Yeah, that was a, a neat. It, so that was kind of like, uh, kind of like Star Trek IV then, mm-hmm. uh, when Chekhov and Uhura were accosting various people on the street, asking where the nuclear vessels were. Yeah. Um, some of those that were spliced in were actual just people on the street that uh, that they were going up to in costume and character and asking this. Yeah. Um, most of the ones that have lines and, and reactions and whatnot, I believe, were actors. But some of those were just dry reactions and told after the fact.
1: Uh, yeah, because I believe one, so of, one of them actually wasn't an um, quote-unquote extra who actually spoke in the film. And they had chase <laughs> after her. <laughs> mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, they get to Kachansky's room to find that apparently she is already married. Mm-hmm. and uh,
2: And Lister has the most... The craziest freakout that he's had so far,
0: right? Like we've yeah, often I mean, we, we get
2: we've often criticized him for not reacting how people should and not freaking out, and but here he becomes downright unpleasant.
0: Yeah, he has a, an actual moment of self pity, and 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 yeah forlornness that he has sort of lacked through. You know, everybody you know is dead. Oh, well, let's have a party. Um, but this got to him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, don't steal that from potential cast, too. Oh. I wasn't. hmm Wasn't. <laughs> I know.
2: I can make whatever sounds I want.
0: <laughs> We've already been served. <laughs> So, uh, Holly, though, comforts uh, Lister and puts things into perspective via Xanadu. I won't steal a quote there. Yes. Um, And then we find out what's going on, that uh, five years in the future, Lister has, in fact, married Gachansky, and so she's hanging out there with Lister and Lister. And, uh, yeah, apparently knows everything that's going on.
2: And I like that, because before it had been this sort of pathetic pining over this woman who, for all we know, didn't even care, but we see that she's actually really cool and nice and, you know, does not have a freak out over there being two versions of her husband or newly married husband just right there.
0: Yeah, I assume he must have told her that he was about to come in right before he came in. Must have.
2: And Back. future Lister has a
0: beard. And future Lister is still a hologram. No, that's future no, that's, Rimmer. That's, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, you, yeah, you said. I'm sorry. You said. Yeah, I heard one and said. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, uh, future future Rimmer is still a hologram and has a mustache. Uh, at least, at least five years in the future. Yeah, and has a mustache. Yes. So maybe he's from an alternate dimension in which red dwarf was evil. In <laughs> the No, wait. <laughs>
2: Beard equals evil dimension.
0: Yes. So this really gets uh, timey-wimey-wibbly-wobbly and wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey trying to figure out exactly the timeline of this because Angela and I, we we finally, we try not to talk too much about the episodes, so we'll have stuff to talk about on the show, but we had to try and figure this one out because okay, so we have three million years ago, Lister and Rimmer uh, then we have our current show timeline, uh, Lister, and Hollow Rimmer, and Cat. And then we have five years in the future, uh, Hollow Rimmer. Hollow Dapper Bearded Rimmer. Lister. Yes, yes. Uh, bearded uh, Rimmer and... Uh, bearded Lister. See, I was on a roll. Mm. You, you threw me off. And uh, five years in the future, Kachansky. Now... Lister has kids in the future future, past the five-year future. Yes. At what point does Kachansky rejoin them on the ship? How do Rimmer, uh, Lister, well, I guess Rimmer would be fine, but how do Lister and Kachansky get to the ship five years in the future?
2: Especially Uh, since they've established that there's um, only one other uh, pod,
0: yeah, and I don't think Kachansky could be in that pod or or have gone into that pod. Otherwise, she would have still been in this pod all the time that we've been watching the series. So she has to go through a time loop at some point to rejoin her husband on the ship, but he was already on the ship. So we have sort of a conundrum here that I, I'm not seeing just yet. And I know, Shane, you probably can't say mm-hmm. anything. So. I'm
2: really hoping anyway. it's going to cohere and it's not just we're making this up as we go along and it's never going to cohere or make sense, you
0: know? You know? Yeah, one of that's, that's kind of one of our expectations for sci-fi is that it if it, if you're going to deal with time travel that you establish rules and go by them and go by them well. Um even if those rules may not make much sense, you know, Back to the Future did a good job with that. Uh, Futurama did a great is probably job. the greatest uh, long-running example of timeline time travel continuity. Doctor Who occasionally will do a good job with that, although being on the air 50 years, they've had to flub here and there, but still. I don't know. Is there anything you can say regarding this, Shane? Without <laughs> spoiling us all to heck. Uh <laughs> That's a great <laughs> sound. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lift that and make it my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: there is so Let's much I shit. want to say, but I am absolutely, I can't. Okay,
0: okay, that's cool. Just seeing. However, anyway, just, just wanted it on record that we've established the conundrum here, and that we, we expect to see it resolved at some point, and we will be rather peeved with the show if it is not resolved in a. Cohesive, uh, uh, clever way.
2: And I want to know who is eating that chicken.
0: Who is eating the chicken?
2: I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, a- actually, no. That that uh, is another point as well. Is there a cat five years in the future as well, or does something happen in the timeline? Um, you know, Lister like doesn't, or five years in the future, Lister doesn't like greet cat like an old lost friend or something, and yet. We really don't know what's going on with Cat with mustachioed Rimmer and bearded Lister. So, hmm. we'll have to
2: see. Dapper Rimmer. Yeah. I liked Dapper Rimmer. And so, Rimmer, who thinks he's still being influenced by hallucinogenic fungus,
1: mm-hmm.
2: has met all of the Rimmers and Listers. And Cat. And Cat but apparently doesn't remember any of it.
0: That's true. That's true. You would think at some point in in the the time period that we've been running, he would start to realize, oh, wait a minute. I am a hologram. I am dead. It is three million years in the future. I am stuck with Lister, and there's this cat. So, yeah, apparently in his... Beleaguered, fevered state. He has just suppressed all of this up until this
1: point.
2: And here's where it gets really complicated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. things get a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved so, it
0: though. Neat episode. Yeah, and I really I didn't have that many comments, which is kind of disappointing for such a convoluted sci-fi-ish episode. But, um, yeah, I, I was left kind of without much to say on it I
2: just had to stop taking notes because yeah you know I I was trying to watch the episode and try to figure it out oh well
1: did anybody notice I suppose you didn't because they do a really really uh, they do a really good job on this but Kachansky wasn't Kachansky and and that final scene oh Oh, it's
0: the new actress yeah Oh, I, I did not notice.
1: When she's got the hat in front of her face.
0: Mm. Well, we have... Oh, okay. Well, So they change actresses from the first... Within this episode. Yeah. Um, okay.
1: Just bring up my notes here.
0: So the Kachansky that we saw in the room with husband Lister, that was the yeah. same actress.
1: Same actress who's been playing to... th- her throughout, but the one that enters yeah. the bunk room at the final scene was unfortunately mm-hmm. um, not her. That was actually production assistant Donna mm-hmm. Stefanano. I probably butchered that name.
0: Oh. And also, she wasn't wearing a cast, so
1: <laughs> <you noticed> that. <laughs> uh, according to one version of the story a member of the crew sent her home at the end of the location shoot by mistake, and another version says she wasn't available for the studio recording because she had a prior commitment. Either way, on the night, it was a production assistant, Donna Staffiano, who who was asked to stand in for Kachansky and hid her face with the help of a very large hat.
0: (laughs) Okay. I guess it's rather... Convenient then that Kaczynski was wearing the hat in the room.
2: Um, well, they would have figured hmm. out something.
0: Unless it was filmed out of order, but then.
1: No, they uh, always they always did uh, location shooting first. Then they ah. did the uh, live um, shots in the studio.
0: Okay. But no, no, did not notice that at all. So they were clever with it.
2: So, there are any more notes?
0: I, I am noteless. So, uh, let's go ahead and
1: do... Oh, Shane uh, so I've, has I've got, I've, got, I've, I've got a few bits and bobs. if you want to hear some behind-the-scenes secrets...
0: Sure. Oh, we always do.
1: Um, got a quote here from Chris Barry, who, who plays um, Rimmer. Quote, I never got, the qu- never quite got the hang of that back in the second series. Nor did a few people. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's one of the one of these days I asked Dirk uh, to explain that one to me.
2: Hmm. Uh, what well, was he talking about? That.
1: Didn't in the, this yeah. episode? Didn't quite, and you no, know, because there were so many things going on, going on oh. at the same oh. time. I don't know when he was. Um, I don't actually have the note on when he was. Um, when, when he was actually interviewed for that. Mm.
0: Cool. What else you got for us?
1: Um. Uh, the reason why um, the, mustached, the 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 moustached uh, Rimmer, uh, come from the washroom. Because the set was so full, there was nowhere to put him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that is bas That's all I've got. Cool. Good to know.
0: So, uh, let's go ahead and do uh, some feedback. Ready? Here it is. And we're done with feedback. No okay. feedback. Uh, no feedback, and there was so much last week. I guess folks uh, kind of like us didn't have so much to say about this episode, which is weird. But maybe it's because it is so five years in the future. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Say no more. That anything they would be tempted to say would be spoilerific. Yeah. So. We broke
1: a record last week. Yeah. We had so much feedback. We've had, I and know. this week we we have none.
2: We did Not have it. Carl Wheatley saying that. We did good work as ever.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, we we always do welcome feedback about us, especially, you know, how awesome we are. Uh, So thank you for that. Uh, But yeah, no no episode-specific feedback.
1: We did have a comment uh, after the show went up last week um, on uh, Thanks for the Memory. Mm. Uh, From uh, Ewan and... Corn. I hope i am Sorry, Ewan, if <laughs> I pictured your uh, name there. Sorry. Um, he said, uh, referring to Thanks for the Memory, I definitely prefer the originals. The model ships are way better looking than the CG ones, and the original stock credits are much better as well. The Blue Midget bit feels very tech and stupid. And poor Hazy responded to that by saying, I guess I'm the only, I'm the only staggering Blue Midget fan, then.
2: With a frowny face with two sets of eyes. Yes. What's next?
0: So we are a very lucky podcast because we have lots of friends, and we love our friends. You know, some of those friends would be the Total Wrestling Show, and that's a great podcast. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, Another one of our good friends is Nutty Nuchas. Uh, You may remember her as one of our guest hosts a couple of weeks back. And, you know, she doesn't just help other people out with their podcasts. No, she has quite a little slice of the web of her own. And uh, one of those, one of the places you can check her out is her Nutty Bites podcast, where she talks about awesome things. Uh, you know, don't listen to me tell you about it. Uh, listen to what she has to say. Wake up. Go to work. Work.
2: Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. org Slash blog.
0: All right. And so up next, we're going to go ahead and rate this episode. Uh, Who wants to go first? Angela, why don't you go first? You never go first.
2: I go first sometimes. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll go first. Um, Um, let's see. This was a really good episode in the sci-fi aspect. Um, I don't know, though. It got so confusing that I felt like it was... I don't know. I wasn't as excited about this episode as I've been, like, in the virtual reality one. Um... And in the Crichton ones, So, but it was still good. So, uh, 8 out of 10 complete disregard for personal safety by jumping into a mysterious portal. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Um, well, I, you know, I don't know what it is about this episode. I liked it. Um, it was very sci-fi, but... I think maybe if I had to articulate it, it was more plot-based than character-based. It, it it had the, the cool sci-fi stuff, it had time travel, and hopefully all this will, at some future date, tie together into a really cool continuity, but it seems like in order to get all of that in, they sacrificed kind of the moments between the characters. There, there were fewer, there were still a couple of good ones, but... Not as much as we've been seeing in, in Season 2 apps here. So, I'm going to write it slightly lower than last time and give this one seven and a half uh, squashed uh, foxes. And, um, that fox was
2: yeah, properly squashed. Yeah, that is what squashed. I think.
0: Properly squashed, yes. So, Shane, you have your ratings, and then... Uh, invisible Paul I'll
1: get Paul's rating it the way first He rated it 7.5 Olivia Newton-John albums out of 10
0: Wow Hey Paul and I agreed Wow That's never gonna happen that's, again That's the first And he's not even here to celebrate
1: <laughs> So I'll mark the date on the calendar
0: With <laughs> beer yes. milkshakes okay. You know if he had been if if he were able to record today after i rated seven and a half, he would have probably just changed it out his bite, yeah,
2: he'd be like, yeah, it's a two <laughs> no.
0: out of twenty worst episode ever um, <laughs> it's rubbish <laughs> ah, two out of out of seventeen and a half
1: <laughs> I'm like, are, are you oh, right we, we, we tease. i'm gonna um rate it eight. Chicken suit-wearing captains. That's
2: do, a lot of chicken suit-wearing captains.
1: Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, I really like this episode, actually. Um, it's one of my favourites from um, the second year. Cool. I think it, it moves at a pace quite well. Um, I do love time, time travel episodes. I mean, you know... Back to the Future is one of my favorite films of all time, so I do love the aspect of it as well.
0: So, um, let's go ahead and do some uh, potent quotables. Potent quotables.
1: Do you pause one if that's okay?
0: Yes. Yeah, why not?
1: Remember, look, in three million years you'll be dead. Oh, will I Really? (laughs) (laughs)
0: did not
2: do a good job of explaining that
0: I've got a couple of quotes here if somebody else wants to go first
2: okay I'll I'll go it's the nearest thing you can get to infallible infallible exactly
1: (laughs) well I've never been this close to a woman before it makes me want to do something, but I don't know what the it is. Whatever it is, I want to do a lot of it.
0: Ah, uh, Let's see, I have... Is that it, then? Three years, thanks a lot, pal, I'm off. No sort of regrets? Not so much as a lump in your throat? No, you're thinking of Kachansky, the only lump you've got's down the front of your pants. Trousers. Oh, was it trousers? It was trousers. It was trousers. Wow, amazing the the mind I hear trousers and automatically translate pants and type it this way huh. what, is it?
2: <laughs> what is it?
0: What is it?
2: What is it? Oh, a magic door! Why didn't you say so? <laughs> I probably butchered that, but that made me laugh for far too long.
1: I love that little lemming. I built him a little wall that he could hurt himself off of. <laughs>
2: Which that is actually um. an urban legend. Lemmings don't kill themselves.
0: Yeah. But in front of that quote, yeah, he he says, again, everyone always leaves me in the end. Girls, parents. Um, mm. Yeah, he, He's he got issues, man. Uh, let's see, what's another quote that I had? Um, I don't want to get anyone into a flap here, but I'm the Rimmer who's from the Double Double future. I'm the Rimmer with the Lister who married Kachansky. Now, from this point on, things get a little confusing. (sighs) Bumblebee agrees.
2: Oh, that was my phone going off. I know. (laughs) No one we know. It's a wrong number, obviously.
0: Ah. Anyone else got any more
1: quotes?
2: Where's Alphabet Head?
1: <laughs> Shane? No, I'm out, actually.
0: Okay, well, I had one more, then. Um, the aforementioned Rimmer, to wit, me, then attended an inspection parade. <laughs> he was totally naked, except for a pair of muck leather driving gloves and some blue swimming goggles. Under the influence of this psychedelic breakfast, he went on to attack two senior officers, believing them to be giraffes who were armed and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's all I had. Well, that and uh, it's better to have loved and to have lost than to listen to an album by Olivia Newton-John. Yes. So, uh that was this episode. Thank you for listening. Um hey, if you want to uh maybe leave us some feedback about our next episode, um you can do so. Uh you can do so by emailing us at uh, the red dwarf podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's uh, g m a i l. Um you can uh get on our Facebook group uh which is uh, the Red Dwarf Introcast. And, uh, you know, join up. Uh, We're getting toward 40 members now. We, we could do with a lot more. Uh, we see how many downloads we get. So a lot of you are listening but aren't part of the conversation. Join us. Share your passion. Um, Speaking of sharing, uh, if you wanted to hop over at iTunes and maybe give us a rating and uh, maybe give us a review and say how awesome we are. And maybe that uh, rating could be five stars even uh, to get more people uh, involved. That could be awesome. And uh, finally, the, the last way that you can uh, contact us is uh, with Twittering. And you can send us a Twitter at...
2: Twitter.com slash intro.
0: Yes. Um, the only other way I can think of to contact us would be to open up a time portal from the future and step into our bathroom... Uh, mid-shower, but I really Please just don't would not do recommend that. that. Please So, maybe stick with the Twitter and the email and the Facebook and the iTunes. Yes. So, uh, what is our homework for next week, Shane?
1: Our homework for next week is uh, the episode entitled Queeg. Queeg? Quig. Q-U-E-E-G? It is uh, Q-U-E-E-G. You're, in, you're, you're right on that one, yep.
2: That sounds like a term for an awful bodily function.
0: Possibly. Hmm. Um, well, let's see. We got to have to guess. We have to guess what Queeg is about. So it could be a name. Uh, maybe they finally meet an alien, and, and its name is Queeg. Maybe they land on the planet Queeg and get kidnapped and attacked by the Queegians.
2: Or maybe um, there's, like, a con man who is pretending to be an alien, but he's not really.
0: Uh, yes, and he sells them uh, seemingly harmless creatures known as Queegs, and then they multiply and take over the ship. And then the cat um,
2: eventually eats them all.
0: Yes. Thank goodness for Cat the Destroyer for exterminating the awful Queeg Scourge.
2: And then he Why gets... Else? What else? He gets a stomachache and they call it the he has the Queeg
0: <laughs> yes, um, sounds a little bit like way so maybe we're getting a Moby Dick reference in here. Maybe they're going to come up against a um, noble savage hunter and uh, you know e- exploit uh, other cultures for entertainment value. Um, I don't as know. you do. Uh, as yeah, as as you do. Yeah they're they're going to be hunting the space whale and then the doctor is going to be like no you're not going to destroy this space whale and yeah it's going to be awesome <laughs> cuz I'm the doctor. Mm.
2: <laughs> I, I think we have I don't know. no we, idea. We we've,
0: we've thrown out we've thrown out a lot of guesses and they're all wrong I'm sure so we will find out next week as they hunt the space whale whether the space whale's name is Quig, or whether that's where he's from. Uh, so join us then and uh, until next week uh, live long and prosper and uh, may your first child be a masculine child (laughs) (laughs) or not say say goodbye everybody (laughs) goodbye everybody. everybody